Hi, hello, and welcome to the 30th demonstration of the system. In name of the year, vote now. We're down to the semi-finals. Uh, it's Math Daniel's Squirrel against Cocaine Mothershed and Corvoisier Dingle against Beanbag America. I have done a bit more research into Beanbag America. It is indeed his real name. Uh, his parents were hippies in India when he was born, and uh, names meant nothing, man. And uh, sifting through the rest of the story, however, I mean, they called him Beanbag America. That's what they called him when he was born. He was a sort of tubby baby. But sifting through the rest of the story, it seems to me as if he got given a traditional name on his birth certificate. And quite possibly he went by that traditional name at school uh, uh, in, the, um, in the States. And then he reappropriated his early name as a student. So it's not a self-given name, exactly, but uh, to me, it is depurified when uh, compared with the Math Daniel squirrels of this world, even the Courvoisier Dingles. Our show, uh, uh, our show is all about purity. Anyway, well, I mean, it's also, we're not judging name of the year. Only the people can do that. We can just vote. Our slow walk through the years which feels breakneck to me, I have to say, because as far as I'm concerned, we're racing through a year of my life every three weeks, has brought us to Kilburn in May 2012. Time passes, things change. I am engaged, as many of you know. Uh, this was obviously huge news for me in 2012, and just one of the reasons for that year's uh, great place in my memory. And, uh, well, my friend Amy is not, because she doesn't agree with all that shit, but she has moved in with her boyfriend, Brian. Her old flatmate, Moira, is officially happy for Amy, but Moira's in a slightly odd place at the moment, by which partly I mean Cricklewood, where she's had to move, and partly mean she still has unresolved feelings about the fact that two years ago, Amy gave a speech which put an end to Moira's unwise wedding to an Orcadian potter. But mainly, I mean, well, it's just this, really. Moira is living alone for the first time in her life, and she really doesn't like it. She's gone freelance, by which I mean she's been fired, but no one at the Sunday Telegraph magazine is prepared to put it in those terms. They don't see themselves as the sort of people who fire people. And she doesn't see herself as the sort of person who gets fired. So, you know, everyone's happy up to a point. And... She's at a loss, basically. All her friends are in couples now, and that's fine. She's adamant that she doesn't need anyone to complete her. But increasingly in the evening, she stays in because... Increasingly, she has to stay in. Not two Mondays ago, though, when she was in the Tesco Metro between Swiss Cottage and Kilburn, I think it's called South Hampstead, and she was a bit early for dinner with our friends Igor and Chloe, there was a notice board full of adverts, and one of them said, what are you waiting for, the apocalypse? I've got a beautiful beachfront shack on tropical Cosrai in Micronesia, all mod cons. I'll be there July to December, and I don't want to be on my own. This opportunity would suit a free thinker, a buccaneer, a rebel, a maenad, a panther, a scaramouche. Female, 30s, impeccably clean, radically hedonistic. I'm Ziggy, call me. 
Your reaction to this advert and my reaction are not important. Moira, who once had a job as a sexpert for the Daily Mail and who thinks men who don't fancy her can't take being challenged, thought Ziggy sounded cool. What she wanted was to escape in some undefinable way. And here was this... Anyway, and so she called him and they met up for coffee at Chow Chow. Ziggy is six feet, three inches tall, mixed race, mid forties. He's going to Micronesia just as soon as he's finished running this year's Harlequinade, a secret pop-up organic local boutique festival. It's sponsored by Hendrix Gin, obviously. 80 people are bamboozled by the adverts every year and they turn up to find themselves camping in the garden of Ziggy's parents in Serpton and trying to persuade themselves that the awful bands are the next big thing. Basically, Ziggy is a trust fund layabout with a very small trust fund and living in Micronesia half the year is extremely cheap. But he's handsome enough and he's a sweetie, really. He honestly is a sweetie. Ziggy described his shack, looked Moira in the eyes and said, we connect. Life is joy, yeah. And Moira said, yeah. And Ziggy said, do you want to come back to my hot tub? And Moira thought, oh my God, it's hot tub guy. Because hot tub guy is famous in a very small part of Kilburn. I, the people I know as maybe other people, I'm sure other people as well. As I say, Moira's ex-flatmate Amy recently moved in with her boyfriend Brian, who lives in an extremely practical, ugly council block just east of the high road. It has a small communal patch of ground out the back. A week after she moved in, one evening, standing on the balcony, Amy saw that someone had installed a hot tub on this communal patch. And as she watched, a tall milk chocolate brown guy in milk chocolate brown speedos, which was a pretty disconcerting sight, wandered out and sat in it for two hours. This reminded Amy of a travel piece she once wrote, by the way, for The Independent, called The Ten Most Overlooked Hot Tubs in the World, there are two ways a hot tub can be overlooked, and this was overlooked the other way. Uh, it was overlooked by about 45 flats. Well, hot tub guy, Ziggy, it transpires, did the almost impossible. He made the cheap by jowl yuppies who had bought up all the flats in this block start talking to each other. They meet each other's shocked eyes over shared balconies, and some of them have even started saying hello in the mornings and talking about hot tub guy. They don't know where it will end. Civilization basically. It's breaking down. Anyway, everyone talks about Hot Tub Guy, and Moira could not resist going and becoming part of this ongoing piece of what might almost be called performance art. And also, she's a ballsy risk taker anyway, unlike Amy, who would never do such a thing. And they went to his flat, and he had a choice of swimming costumes. And uh, I do just want to say something I get I might be making Ziggy sound creepy and predatory. Come to my hot tub. Uh, I've got a lot of swimsuits. Uh, but like I said before, you have to not think like that because he just isn't. He's, it's hard to explain. And there it is. Maybe it's something to do with his flat, which is really neat, but not in a serial killer way. In the way of a flat owned by a nice boy who likes things to be clean and has nothing else to do, really. Outside, they went 
with a bottle of, I think a couple of bottles of champagne, Moira said. And the thing is, you can sit in a hot tub looking at the Micronesian Ocean, and that's super. We've all done it. But somehow there's something more miraculous about sitting in a hot tub and looking up at a council block. Suddenly, the world around you might be humdrum, but you're on holiday. And in Moira's case also, you're drinking champagne. And then, you know, what it's been like at the moment, it started to rain. But that only added to the thing. And Moira had a couple of glasses, and then she pointed at Amy and Brian's flat. And she said, or what she thought was Amy and Brian's flat. Anyway, you never really know uh, from out the back if you've not got a great sense of direction. Friends of mine live in there. They're a bit shocked by you. I like to shock people, Ziggy replied. I am a provocateur. Don't you feel liberated? Yes, actually, I am my own kind of cat, said Ziggy. I will take you to the wild places. Your friends are good people, but they aren't from our pride. We live for the moment. You'd never want a flat and a job and a husband. And Moira thought, hmm. And Ziggy said, live for the moment. And he leaned forward to kiss her. And Moira leaned back. And Ziggy, almost seeming resigned about it, sat back and said, okay. Cool. And what Moira realised was that a hot tub is like a holiday, but a holiday is not who you really are. She says she's a hedonist risk taker, but that is only by comparison with Amy and Brian and Tom and Sally and Igor and Chloe. She shares much, much more with them than she does with Ziggy. They are her pride. She is not alone, is what she realised. She's not alone. And it was a very valuable realisation. She didn't realise that the reason she realised this is that she was in the presence of someone who really is alone and not particularly happy. Ziggy is, he has no roots. He lives for the moment because there's no future he really can think of that he wants. Moira is not the sort of person who would notice that. Anyway, slightly downbeatly, I would say, and such as it is, that is the news from Kilburn. It's raining really heavily outside. I don't suppose you'll be able to hear it on the Tall Tales microphone, which is of staggering quality, as I think we can all agree. Today's song is a demo version done by Harry Sever uh, for a thing. And because it's a demo version, it even comes with an intro, which I've recorded before, and it's stuck on the front of it, so I'm not going to do it again. This is the opening of A Midwinter Night's Dream, which is a present-day retelling of that story. Uh, first we meet the fairies. Obron is the fairy king, and Titania is the mortal he fell in love with 500 years ago. Uh, don't be distracted by the, uh, f the, the bit of the lyric where it says 40 years. That's an artefact from an earlier version. Then we meet the lovers, who are actually in their 40s and who are returning to the scene of their joint wedding of 20 years ago uh, in the midst of a series of midlife crises. And finally, we meet the Mechanicals, who are a bunch of kids on an outward-bound weekend with their beloved PE teacher, Mr Bottom. On this, the anniversary of when you nearly died 
We celebrate the love we have and in that love take pride. And oh, I made it snow. It's so completely warm. On this, the anniversary of 40 years ago. Cherish that midwinter's night I cut you from your car And all at once our eyes met And now look at where we are And oh, look at the snow It's so completely warm On this, the anniversary of forty years ago In hats and hiking gear But oh, look at the snow It's so completely 20 degrees Colder than it should have been On this, the anniversary The birthday Okay, that's us for today. Tune in tomorrow for a thrilling sitcom episode from Anna Savory. Apart from that, I think we have nothing important to say. Vote in name of the year. Be good, be well, be good to each other. Tall tales out. If you want to...